Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly of being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Peggy Lopez says, Egberto, thank you for the shirt. Saw your war- you're wearing it over a long sleeve shirt. Going to use a pink long sleeve shirt for balloons. Hey, beautiful, take a picture and send it to me now if you can. If not, later, and I'll post it. Muchisima gracia. E2247, welcome to Politics and Right. Eric Hayes is in the house. How is Eric doing? E2247. Uh, May Wood is in the house. We also have Paraver going scrolling up. We also have, I am having a hard time reading. Uh, my eyes are still dilated. Yvette Avery Herod is in the house. How are you doing, my beautiful young lady? Uh, Michael Rodnan says, I am waiting on a call to head out. Got shopping and other errands to run today. Well, I am just honored that you're giving us a piece of your presence, my dear brother. Peggy Lopez says, uh, all what that is something missing in action. Been missing in action. Yes, Peggy. Where had thou been, our dear Peggy? Uh, let's see what else we got here. E2247 says, huge opinion by Scudders today in Holland versus Branches. I know. The indigenous folks won one for the Gipper. Not really. I mean, but that's it. Affirms constitutionally of Indian child welfare, 1978-72 vote. That means that the people, I, I think it had to do with who, if, uh, the, the, I was about to say ownership of kids. What am I thinking? You know, who gets to, to keep their kids, etc. Anyhow, continuing, 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 continuing. Maywood says, good afternoon, everyone. And let's see what... Oh, Eric has a long one. Eric, I am going to try to read it, but my eyes are still dilated, okay? This is an embarrassment for for us. Sorry, and you think this is normal. The press and governors rush out uh, nap time or ice cream time for Joe. President Joe Biden met with a bipartisan group of governors on Monday and after opening remarks to the group and gathered reporters, opened up with discussion for questions as handlers immediately barked at the press to make a hasty exit. The president's opening remarks lasted several minutes, during which he addressed uh, issues which, as crime, COVID, and other interactions of state. As he wrapped up, Biden said, why don't I stop and take any questions you all might have? After a very brief uh, pause, he added, and they tell me I'm supposed to call on Governor Cox first, referring to Utah's Cox, Spencer Cox, a Republican. At that point, the presser uh, aspect was over and the president having apparently transitioned directly to question and answers with the governors, handlers raced to loudly usher reporters out of the room as they vainly attempted to get answers from Biden on multiple pressing issues. It is by now a familiar moment during the Biden administration. Anchor Kate Bolden summarized the news uh, CNN studio as wrapped up with obliquely mentioned the hurried moment. We're going to continue to listen in what happens here. You can see lots of reporters trying to ask questions. Not happening today, she said. We'll continue to monitor that. Well, I guess he's like other presidents who just don't take the press seriously too often with the silly questions that they ask, I guess. Look, I think 
president should answer questions of the press. And I also think when the press asks a stupid question, like one generated by fallacies from Fox News, instead of trying to answer them, he should simply say, I'm not going to answer any stupid questions from Fox News that make no sense, that are based on conspiracy theories. I will answer sensible questions. I think that's what the president should do instead of, in effect, running away from the press or not answering questions. So I am partially in agreement. But again, like I said, I would not support. I don't support the kinds of questions that's trying to uh, promote or push conspiracy theories. So I would hit, but I would hit those publicly. Uh, Michael Ronnie says, uh, Mediaite is a decent site. No, no failed fact checks, but they have a tendency to sensationalize headlines for clicks. That's what they do. I actually know the owner of Mediate. I meet them at Netroots. Oh, no, is that Mediate? Uh, yeah, I think it's Mediate. That he, I think he bought it up. Yeah. All right, let's see. Eric Hayes, wasn't he... Uh, president was the freaking handlers that rush him and before I don't know Eric I think you I think you make too much out of things that you don't need to make things up and I think you you tend to ignore things that need to be done actually on uh media media eight media eight media eight that's what it is media eight okay anyhow folks I have a video that I did this morning actually it's a it's a rant that I did at KPFT, like I said, my eyes are in bad shape because they're still uh, recovering from this morning's attack. I went to take a look at, remember I told you that, that I was going through some edema on the retina from the operation, from the, from the cataract surgery. So we are having some reactions, some retinal issues. And uh, the doctor did a complete thing on my eye today and showed me exactly what was wrong and it's nothing serious just a lot more eye drops i'm going to need so i'm going to play this video that i did this morning at kpft before my appointment but it's an important rant on the feds and raising interest rates i want you to listen to this in detail i think it is extremely important check this out and then we will take it on the other side right now they're talking about the feds and i'm like yeah good the feds didn't raise the rate and then they said but did you read the fine print and the fine print was we're not raising rates this time but we are going to raise rates likely the next time so there we're just putting you on notice so that the I guess they don't want the stock market to just go up because, you know, the stock market, even though it's a gambling casino, you know, they look for any market cue to decide if they're going to go up or go down. So here it goes. Article from uh, Common Dreams. With inflation down, economists demand Fed permanently halt dangerous rate hiking. I'm going to talk about why it's not only dangerous, but it just shows you why our economic system is a fraud. But I'll, I'll point that out a bit later. It says, after the latest consumer price index update signal cooling inflation, the Federal Reserve interest rate setting committee on Wednesday temporarily paused hikes. Magic word there, temporarily paused hikes. You know, when you're reading these documents, you have to read the words 
and 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 not fall for the that that what many times the headline is right. Pause hikes as approach. Uh, the progressive economists and others want the panel to continue. The Federal Open Markets Committee confirmation that, it, and as expected, it will keep the federal funds rate at five and a quarter, uh, following ten consecutive hikes since early 2022 that have increasingly generated concerns of a recession and major job losses. I want to pause there because the Fed Chair Powell went in front of the banking committee at, uh, in, in, in the Senate. And Hill, uh, Elizabeth Warren asked him, she, she said, hey, what happens to employment as you are raising these rates? And he wanted to give her a cagey answer. He didn't want to tell her what happens, right? And then uh, uh, she says, uh, why is it that you want to uh, throw 2 million people out of work? And he said, I, 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 I don't want to do that. And then she said, but it's in your document. You said you have to drop on You have to increase employment by 2% to get inflation down. It's in your document. You wrote that, which in effect, you're saying for this system to work, we have to put 2 million more people in pain. You don't want to tell the general American public that statement, but you want to tell you want to do that. You want to see unemployment going up. Right. Now, ask yourself this question. What economic system is predicated on people being out of work? That's number one. And what humane system tries to take away social services? At the same time, you're trying to increase unemployment because you want to keep prices from going higher and higher and higher again. Okay, so those are the statements right there that I want. As you're listening to me, I want you to keep those two things in the back of your head. I'm going to continue reading and then I want to bring some analysis to this. University of California, Berkeley professor and former Labor Secretary Robert Reich I, everybody knows Robert Reich was the former uh, president secretary. I mean, uh, 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 what is it? Labor secretary for Bill Clinton back in the 90s. Right. I interviewed him about three times. The Federal Reserve. This is what he said. The Federal Reserve is pausing interest rates hikes for the time being. Good. Reich said Wednesday. And interest rates have risen to cool the economy. Who do you think has shouldered the burden? Working people. There's no reason to continue punishing them when they are not to blame for inflation. U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, has also repeatedly raised alarm about the increased size last year and welcomed the newly announced pause while urging long-term shift in strategy. Let's go into a little bit of Economics 101. This is what I said I was going to explain. Prices went up. In order for prices to go down, uh, the Fed would like to create less demand. And when you get less demand, meaning less people will get it, will be buying cars, less people buying homes, less people buying refrigerators, etc. That's what they want to force on us. So how do they force that on us? They force that on us by increasing the price that it costs us to borrow money to buy the refrigerator, the car, and all these things. 
from a humane standpoint, what does that tell you? That tells you that for the people who must borrow to purchase, the government is saying, not the government, but the Fed's saying that we are going to take the money that you would have otherwise have had to get a loan to buy a car, a refrigerator, a dryer, or whatever. We are going to take that money away from you. Not that you can use that money to serve you, but we are going to take it away from you. The rich person who does not have to borrow money to buy anything, they can just continue to spend. So therefore, rate hikes to solve inflation is anti, not only anti-democratic because they are, exp- they are taking your money when they increase interest rates by choice. But it is also inhumane because what they're saying is for you poor people, for you middle class people who must take out a loan to get some service or some product today, we are telling you no. But the rich person can continue because they don't have to get a loan to get those things. That's one part of the equation. But the second part of the equation is as follows. And I've stated this many times in, prov- in, in previous shows. Check this out. What caused the inflation? If you take a look at a productivity chart, it says that the American people, we, the American people, have been some of the most productive people in the world. In other words, What the amount of our labor that it took to make a car has gone down substantially, way down. We have robots working. We have artificial intelligence working. We have new techniques working that we, the people, all of us together through our universities that all of us have paid for. We have created structures to make the, the actual work that we have to go out there and do every day, we have made it much, le- much more productive. So it takes less of us to make more things. So therefore, we can make that much more things, which in theory should be bringing prices way down. Productivity has been going through the roof. But no. What is stated and what is seen when you go and you watch TV and you watch what they tell you about Wall Street, every time you see them getting more money, more profits, etc. Every time you see that, remember, that is them winning the spoils game. In other words, as you are more efficient, as you are more productive, they don't say, hey, John, hey, Amy. You are making more widgets. You're making more tires. You're making more refrigerators per unit. You are making more stuff that's selling for the same price. So therefore, you are due a raise in your wages. But for over 40 years under Reaganomics, supply side economics that then got promoted by every single president thereafter, they kept that money for the shareholders and the executives. And nobody says anything about it because you do not control the means of the airwaves. You control KPFT because you guys are fully, we are fully funded by you. We don't owe anything to the corporate state. We owe nothing to corporate America. We just owe things to you, the truth. Now, 
What am I saying? Let me continue, my dear brothers and sisters. So as it turns out now, they increased the interest. The only people that pay the price of that increased rate are people who have to borrow. And the only people who have to borrow are people that are not inherently rich or people that do not, again, are poor. All right. In other words, middle class folks or poor folks. And therefore, they're asking you to solve the inflation. But where did inflation come from? How did we get inflation? Several ways, and none of you are at fault for it. None of you are at fault for it. It's all the businessmen that have done it to you. Let's start. For several decade after decade after decade after decade, they had this stuff called offshoring. And when they offshore, put your job in China, Vietnam, etc. And this is where I'm going to break it down technically. When they throw those jobs over there, oh, yes, Americans didn't complain too much in as much as we lost all those jobs in the textile sector in North Carolina, South Carolina, as, as well as many manufacturing jobs in the Midwest went to Asia, etc., because they would work for even more slave labor wages. All, the, all, all those jobs went overseas. But you know what it meant for the average American, the the ones that were not in manufacturing and the ones who didn't lose their jobs? It means that because the Vietnamese and the Chinese all worked for slave labor, what it meant is that Americans were marginally happier because, hey, I could go buy a piece of a shirt for two cents. I could buy I could buy a a a toy for my kid for a dollar. All these things were cheaper. Yes, they were cheaper. But at what cost? At what cost were they cheaper? Okay, so we offshored everything. At the same time, we didn't want, we created something called just-in-time inventory. What is just-in-time inventory? It means, ah, the businessman found another way to make some profits. Normally, if you are importing a lot of stuff or have a lot of stuff coming from a factory, you want to have a large enough inventory so that if that factory burns down, so that if there's a hurricane in the middle of the Atlantic where that ship that is leaving Taiwan, that is leaving Xi'an, I mean, uh, Shanghai, that is leaving uh, uh, Vietnam, th- that those ships that are leaving that place in case they get stuck in a hurricane, in case two or three of them sink, whatever the case is, you still have your supply chain. You still have stuff in storage. You still have inventory that you still can sell things. That way, prices don't go up because of shortages. The only reason for a price to go up is if you have a shortage of that thing to to sell or the raw materials to create that product increase or the labor used to create that product. You know, you have strikes and all of that, that forces, but labor is never the problem right now. But anyhow, so these guys created choke points. One, they're manufacturing everything overseas. Two, they don't protect themselves against hurricanes or pandemics. All right, let's keep going, baby, because you are not responsible for any of this stuff now. So what what was a big, big turnaround? A pandemic. A pandemic is worse than a hurricane because it is it is universal. It is worldwide. So what did that do to the supply chain? That meant that 
the, the toys weren't being made or shipped. It also means that uh, th- there are a lot of these things that you could no longer get. It means there are a lot of less labor out there because a lot of people are sick. And then you don't have inventory, so you have spot shortages. And that's what we got. So that's what caused inflation, the spot shortages, etc. But guess what else the pandemic did? The pandemic reduced demand for a whole lot of stuff. That is why at one time we had the oil companies asking were, were selling oil at a negative rate. In other words, they still had to produce the oil out of some of these wells. So the oil was coming up, but there was no buyers. So they were starting to pay people to buy oil. Negative inflation for oil in the oil markets. All right. So that would mean the price of gasoline should have fell through the through the floor. But it never did. In fact, during the pandemic, What happened was the price of gasoline as well went up. It's a fraud. And it's a fraud that enough are not reporting about, brothers and sisters. It's a fraud that we should all know. And very few people are telling you these truths. Very few people. And again, like I said, as I'm stating these things that many are not talking about or the news media is not saying, please, there's documentation and fact based data that you can fact check what I'm saying anywhere, everywhere. And I'm giving you the narrative to point that out. So we have this glut of oil. We never got the price drop in in gas as it should have been, which should have been pennies on the dollar based on the amount of glut that we had. But if you doubt that there was really a glut as, as prices were going up in gasoline, I was like, this is a fraud. There is ample supply of gasoline. There was so, I mean, of oil to create gasoline. There was such an ample supply that Saudi Arabia last year cut 2 million barrels of oil a day. There is so much oil on the market today that Saudi Arabia says they are cutting another million barrels of oil. Don't let them fool you about this inflation crap. Uh, Katie Porter, Representative Katie Porter, did a study and found out that, yes, supply chain and shortages was responsible for when inflation was at 8.59 percent, was responsible for about half, more than half, 52 percent of the inflation was caused by, yes, truly the supply chain. People weren't manufacturing. We had a shortage. There was also a, a avian flu that affected the eggs, etc. But everything else should have been just fine. Everything else, to put it bluntly, many things because there was lack of demand should have fallen, but it never happened. They kept their money. And if you want to know if it's true that, that uh, yeah, these guys, inflation should not have been there. If you want to know if that is true, brothers and sisters, I ask you to remember one thing. Go look up all the Wall Street notices that went out and notice how the profits during the pandemic were going through the roof. Watch how what happened last year. That was your money. That was them saying, you know what? We can simply redistribute the money from the poor and the middle class to us. Every time you go and watch a Wall Street report, as I did yesterday on the show, I pointed out to you yesterday 
where all these companies were telling their stockholders, the people that they have to tell the truth to. They were telling them all, we are in a scheme now where we can raise prices at will. And in raising prices at will, we are guaranteeing that your stock prices are going to go up because we're going to have stock buybacks. And we are guaranteeing you that we are going to be giving you more dividends because we have what's known as pricing power. And how do they and and instead of the government saying like Nixon did, and this is where I brought what Tory had to say yesterday, uh, Nixon, things were going completely amok where the private sector, the corporations were again, had price and power. They were ripping people off left and right in the 70s, early 70s, late 60s. And Nixon came in and Nixon said, wage and price controls. This BS will stop. Nixon wasn't a good guy, but the inflation was going to terrorize the entire system. And you know what? On in from day one to day two, inflation went to zero. Okay, because he said you can't raise your prices anymore. You can't stiff the American people anymore. You know, everybody wants a private sector more efficient. No, the private sector is only more efficient if you have humane people running the private sector. Capitalism, there's nothing humane about it because inside of that doesn't say we care about what these structures do to the human being. And that's why we must have capitalism regulated by strong regulation. And by the way, when you have that, it's no longer really capitalism. It's something else. It's still the strong private sector, but with controls that prevent it from damaging humanity, which is what we should have. Right. So we pay the pain when the feds raise rates. Remember what they're doing. They're saying we are putting the burden on inflation, something created by corporate America to make a profit and for their dereliction of duty as they manufactured overseas. As we realize the dereliction of our duty, Biden comes into the fold. And Biden says, oh, my God, all our chips are being made in Taiwan. What happened when China invades Taiwan? They have a hold on the chip market. Many of those chips designed with our intellect, the intellect of the great American people. And China will control it because we decided to manufacture all these things overseas because the corporate state, the corporates want to keep it all. So they manufacture for cheap labor, right? So now, in order to manufacture here in the United States again, what do we do? You know, they always talk about the welfare queen that gets a few pennies. Well, we give billions to the private sector, billions to the corporate Americans to go ahead. Corporate, these corporate guys now got billions of our money to go ahead and build the chip factories here in the United States. So we had to bribe them. To bring, to, to, we had to bribe them to come back to the United States. Talk about patriotic, eh? They didn't believe in doing their patriotic duty of being and making American products. Let's be American, folks. But they like to talk about those of us who want a humane system, like we are anti-American. We are not. We are the most pro-American people on the planet because we care about humanity. We care about our American brothers and sisters, but they care about 
the corporate dollar. Folks, what I'm saying, I beg of thee, look it up. Because sometimes you say things that are so out of the norm from what you hear on TV that you say, can that really be true? Or is Egberto just blowing smoke up my you-know-what? Please look it up. Fact check. Double check the things that I'm saying. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you that you, you'll be shocked. The thing that most, the, the things that, that our politicians, specifically neoliberal Democrats and Republicans at large, the things that they assume, they know, is that most people are not going to fact check what they're saying. Most people are not going to pick up a book and read. Most people are going to say, you know what? It couldn't be. I just listened to what my politician have to say. My lying politician. There are good ones out there. And they're called progressives. And I'm not saying that to be partisan or whatever, because remember, I hit up neoliberal Democrats just as much as I hit up Republicans. Because it's about humanity. It's about do you care about people? Now, I have a couple. One person in the, in the room, my good friend Eric, refuses to accept or read on his own reality. My brother, I will continue to engage you. I will continue to engage you. Forget about talking about college and the price and power that the colleges have. That is a, you're, 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 you're continuing to enslave your mind by going to the places the politicians want you to go to. Stop it. Start thinking humanity. When you think humanity, then you can think policies, economic policies that serve us all. Economic policies that serve us all. I want us to, again, like I said, folks, I always tell people to fact check because I don't, I don't want folks to, I, I want things to have stay in power in our minds. In other words, I want to make sure that you just don't think there's somebody blowing smoke here, that there's just somebody hyperventilating here. I want you to go ahead and fact check what I'm saying. You won't ever hear a Hannity tell you that. You won't ever hear a Rush Limbaugh of the past tell you that. You won't ever have any of these charlatanes telling you that. We, you won't have any of them telling you that. You won't have them saying, fact check me, please. Lee Grant says, here's news from a Dem-controlled progressive left city. A growing number of small businesses in Oakland, California, are refusing to take cash in hopes that thieves and, and leave them above surge in robberies, the San Francisco Chronicle reported Wednesday. Okay? That, that statement could have been made in any city in the country, around the country. So, I am not sure what is the point you want to make. Anyway, we got another subject to cover. Uh, welcome aboard, Robert uh, Robert Davenport. Haven't seen you. Well, I thought I think you were here yesterday, right? But uh, you've kind of been hiding away some. Let's see who else joined the fro since we've been here. Paul Fleming Jr. I think I called you out. I hope Lee Grant in the house as well. Uh, Daniel Lado made it in. How you doing, brother Lado? Uh, who else made it in since Melanie Keelan from? Barcelona, Spain. How is our beautiful Melanie doing as well? 
And if I missed you, please drop me a line and I will be sure to call you out. Okay, okay, okay. The other subject that I want to cover, and this this should be, um, let me see how I can best say this. And remember, I say I can't read very well, but I'll try to do my best. I want you to see this article from um, Common Dreams. I heard about it earlier today on maybe NPR or some other channel. I don't quite remember. But House GOP panel releases budget that would destroy Social Security as we know it. And here is the big part of this one. A panel comprised of three quarters of the House Republican caucus released a budget proposed on Wednesday that would raise the Social Security retirement age, cutting benefits across the board while further privatizing Medicare and slashing taxes for the rich, a plan that Democratic lawmakers and progressives advocacy groups said is a clear statement of the, demo- of the GOP's warped priorities ahead of a critical spending fight this fall. The proposal outlined by 175-member Republican Study Committee, RSC, led by Representative Kevin Hearns of Oklahoma, Republican of Oklahoma, would gradually raise Social Security full retirement age, the age at which people are eligible for full Social Security benefits to not 67, but 69 from the current level of 67 for those born in 1960 or later. The proposal outlined by 175 member Republican Study Committee RSC led by Representative Kevin, oh, I read that one. Nancy Altman, the president of Social Security Works, said the RSC budget would destroy Social Security as we know it. Of course it would. Using a modest shortfall that's more than a decade away to justify reducing benefits for millions. In other words, those who were born in 1960, 1965, 1970, who paid under the premise that they will retire. They could early retire at 62, but get full benefits at 67. They changed the pact midstream. But that's not all. We should not be lowering Social Security. Let me read a little piece more, and then I will go into the part that I really need to speak about when it comes to Social Security. Anyhow, uh, these changes would transform Social Security from an earned insurance benefit, which replaces wages lost in the event of old age, disability, or death, into a subsistence-level welfare benefit, said Altman who noted that the RSC rules out any option for raising revenue, such as requiring billionaires to contribute even a penny more. In other words, because these people definitely don't want any more taxes on wealthy people who have been pilfering the working class for decades, they're saying, well, look, we're going to keep the pot the same size. But as we keep the pot the same size in order to pay these things out, we have to make sure that people work more hours, longer hours, till they're older, till they're close to death. How many friends do you have die at 65? 
my great good friend died at 65. Now the great friend died at 70. So he would have been able to recover one year of his, of his social security. But here is the deal. Fixing social security is simple. Tax all income, absolutely all income. Don't stop at a certain amount because the people, you know, they stop at what, 400,000? I don't remember how many thousand dollars they stop at right now. And all the other people that make billions of dollars every year, they don't pay a penny into the social security fund. Right? We are, the, the people who are trying to cripple social security are an evil sect. I want to warn everybody. Again, the panel that came out with that report, given that as marching orders for Social Security and Medicare going forward, was comprised of 178 Republicans. Think about that. That's Republican orthodoxy. This paper must be held up by every progressive. This paper must be held up by every Democrat and go out there and say, America, you can see what your choices are. A society that takes care of humanity or a, a laissez-faire society who only rewards the wealthy. It is important. It is important. Because the wealthy, that they're wealthy doesn't mean that they have created anything. Remember, Donald Trump kids created nothing. Donald Trump created nothing. They were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And that makes them believe that they have earned the right not to pay taxes to make a country run that is responsible for the ability for them to have. The military, the huge military budget where they have many of their investments in as well, meaning they take tax dollars there as well, is there. That military budget is there to safeguard the wealthy. All the subsidies that we give to farmers ultimately reaches the hands of the wealthy. All the welfare that we give to those who cannot afford their own food, etc., ultimately ends up in the pockets of the wealthy. But they don't want to put any more in. They just want to keep extracting and extracting and extracting. And their stooges are the largest percentage of Republicans and neoliberal Democrats. I am not going to leave Democrats out of there because when Democrats were in power, they had the power to get rid of the filibuster and start doing what is right by the American people. And if the American people saw a, a party working for them, if the American people saw a party that said, we will not allow the wealthy to continue pilfering America, there is not another chance that another Republican and neoliberal Democrat would ever, ever win because the American people would see, my God, there is a government that is actually working to, be, to create an egalitarian society, a society that supports us all.
It's not difficult. The solutions are there. But we have to decide if we want to support those who support the policy. But we also have to be able to articulate the policy. We have to be able to, in, to inform the American people so that they can understand how economics really work, unlike on, 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 on the lies that they hear on TV. We ought to be able to articulate this in very simple, simple terms. You, don't, you are working for the wealthy, but the wealthy cannot exist without you. They're, they have no existence without your labor, without your intellect, without your worth. It is important for us to understand that. It is important for us to know that. And when we finally accept our worth, our real worth, then we will take back that which really is ours. So again, take a look at the article. I, I, you know, I looked at it and I kept on saying, I can't believe, I can't believe these guys are unintelligent enough to release a report like this, to say what they really, really stand for, which is the pilfering of the working class. And of course, we're going to have some of the sycophants out there that somehow continue to find a way to support these guys. Kathy Pascal, how are you doing, my beautiful lady? They're hoping you will die. Ask people in their late 60s what it's like to physically work. I was a nurse for 37 years in my 50s. It was getting very hard. I wore back braces, uh, elastic stockings, and running shawl. Uh, my body hurt. My beautiful lady. Of course, your body hurt. We weren't designed to be working this way. We weren't designed to be antiseptic slaves throughout our existence. Thank you for that testimony, Kathy Pascal. That's an important testimony for those who want people to work up until 69. Our efficiency, the, the productivity rate, Kathy Pascal, has gone through the roof. Michael Rudnan showed, uh, gave us a, a report yesterday, I wish I had saved the image, that showed our wages stagnating as our productivity increased like a rocket. That should have meant, with that increase in productivity, that we could retire earlier. We should set a retirement age of 55. We should have people retiring at 55 with full social security benefits. Give the young people a chance to enter the workforce and, and take over those jobs that too many old people have. Have the old people do kind of the things that we're doing here, promoting intelligence across the internet, doing things that, you know, taking care of our grandkids, having times in the park. Let's use our, we're, while we still have a good life, while we still have physically a good life, to also have a mental good life. Our productivity dictates it. And guess what else will dictate it? AR, I mean AI. People are scared of AI. If we regulate AI and we put AI to work for us, we can have that 20-hour week or 
We can have that 40-hour week for just a few while people retire at 50 years old. And we can have a humanity that really exists to work in your youth. I mean, if you're old and want to continue working, fine. Like somebody like me, I will continue doing this. I will continue writing, blogging, writing books. I will, I will never stop unless I'm physically impaired, mentally impaired. But for the vast majority of Americans, there's no wrong in saying, I want to do other things, right? And, and again, our productivity dictates or makes that a possibility, folks. Our technology makes that a possibility. But when you have an economic system that rewards the spoils to the rich, in other words, we created this technology, all of us, compositely. We created this technology. We should bear the fruits of the technology. We should be able to stand up and say, look, we can live an easy life after 50 or 55 as technology makes human work less necessary. Let's remember that. Uh, folks, if you want me to read something up because the message boards get so funny, just put Egberto, please read or something like that. I'll try to read things up, but sometimes like, there's so much there. And like I say, I can barely see right now. So I see the stuff to the bottom mostly. But I want you guys, let's see here. I want you guys to understand. Let's not continue to allow these guys to rip us off. Anyhow, uh, Sean Hannity and Gavin Newsom had a little thing. I want you guys to check this out. And then we'll take it on the other side. A few days ago, California Governor Newsom went on to Fox News. He went into the belly of the beast. And Sean Hannity thought he had it all down. He was going to let uh, play. He thought that Gavin Newsom, governor of California, would play the same game that Democrats play. And that is allow him to overpower them not come back as hard as he needed to. And you know what? Gavin Newsom showed Sean Hannity something. He wasn't only prepared, but he didn't play the game on Sean Hannity's turf. He made Sean Hannity play on his turf. And so much so that Sean Hannity, you could see the frustration in his face because he just couldn't lead the discussion. And the governor won't answer the questions to Sean's request, but instead he told the Fox News people watching, hey, this is what's really happening. Now, will they bite? That's not important. It's not important that the sycophants, the Trump sycophants that, that Sean Hannity feeds, it's not important for them to change. But there are a lot of Fox News viewers who either watch Fox News or, or, or get all the right-wing media that get a chance now to say, oh, really? You mean Donald Trump was really a failure on job creation? Let's see the numbers. You know, I love when, but anyway, let's go ahead and listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. I think his policies are failing. Ah, Chips Act, Science Act, do you oppose that? 
uh, I will tell you on every measure from the economy, inflation, borders, energy, uh, national security, he's missing an action. Let's talk about them in order. Let's well, talk hang about, on. Uh, uh, wait, but no, I no, want no, to no. challenge the premise. You said the economy, 13.1 million jobs he's created. More. These are post-COVID jobs. Okay. You know that. Well, I mean, well, that that's an artificial it, number. It, well, but no, no, no. Then let me just let me stipulate oh. this as an as an opportunity to engage civilly on this. Okay. Fair point. Your president, Donald Trump, lost 2.6 million jobs mm-hmm. during his four years. We've created 13.1 million. Fine, you can maintain a COVID frame. How about the fact that Joe Biden's created more jobs, six times more jobs than the previous three Republican presidents your, combined? Are you going to tell me Sean? that the average family, where we have two-thirds of Americans now living paycheck to paycheck? It was 70 percent under Trump. That was That's 70%. It was 70% under Donald Pre-COVID, Trump. Pre-COVID, we had the paycheck. lowest unemployment rate for every demographic. We, we, now, we have the lowest black me, unemployment in history, you. and you and I are living with the lowest unemployment we had in it. our lifetime, Sean. We you had can't it for make every that up. demographic, and the economy black was Black unemployment's along. record low under Joe Biden. Okay. We had historic low after historic low under Donald Trump. Donald Trump. I mean, here's, but, but he's here's what I don't want to have Trump's happen. clock, Biden, in terms of the progress and job creation. You're, you, you, Look at what he's done we, on so jobs. How would you grade Joe Biden's presidency? Well, you're you, at odds with the American people well, and the Democratic well, Party. I'm just, I'm just dealing with What's the facts. Grade? I'm dealing with what, the what facts. Is, what is your grade for I'm going to go back. Let's talk. You, you brought up six well, topics. You got to answer some questions. I'm answering the ones What's, in order. What you is, brought up the economy. On the economy, let's talk about the economy. You want to give them an A? Inflation, stubborn around the globe. Let's, let's, but let's talk about inflation. It's down 40% since last summer, 10 months in a row, 4.9%. He was okay. just with the UK prime minister at 6.9%. Is that because of Biden's? I think Fed Biden's policy? economic and energy policies directly yeah. impacted the UK's inflation? No, I am. Or the fact you. that France is 5.5% or Germany's at 6.1%? You're going to On inflation, we're moving in the right direction. On the issue of the border inflation, security, he inherited 1.4% inflation. It went up to a 40 year high. 40-year globally, high. globally, because you just brought so up, so, so you were making an excuse give, for Trump's dismal jobs record related to COVID, it wasn't a but you won't acknowledge COVID's relationship to inflation globally. And by the way, let, COVID let me and stop immigration right. impacting our inflation. Let, let me stop you. All right. So I would assume <laughs> that's on you. We're going to give Biden an A. Sean Hannity actually showed it is the incompetence of mental, uh, it's mental incompetence. I want you to think about this. Gavin Newsom said that under, gov- under President Biden, there is a record, uh, there, it's a record low that, uh, for black unemployment. Just one example. And then Sean says, you know, during the, club, the, the, during the, the, the Trump administration, uh, every demographics kept on going down. Yes, Sean, but Biden broke the record. Unemployment went down a little bit under, uh, under Donald Trump until the pandemic. Yes, but brother Biden has the record low in 50 years. If I'm not mistaken, Donald Trump's uh, presidency was within the last 50 years. And you know, for every single point that Sean Hannity tried to get out there, Gavin Newsom already had the answer. And, uh, you know, I, I like people like Newsom and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. When they go into the belly of the beast, the one thing they always are, 
They're always prepared. That happens. That, that's a problem with a lot, of, a, a lot of people when they go into battle. They're simply not prepared in as much as they know what they're talking about and they know that their side is correct. They're just not prepared. Newsom was prepared. Just like AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is always prepared. That's what it takes. Truth, facts, preparedness wins the battle every time. It wins the battle every, every single time. Thank you. Yes, please support PDR. Politics done right. How can you support us? How can you allow us to continue putting the message out there? Here we go. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. If you go to politicsdoneright.com slash support, there are many different ways in which you can support our program, etc., etc., etc. If you're on YouTube right now, just click that join button. Become one of our PDR Posse members by signing up. Just go ahead and click that join button under YouTube. We ask you so kindly to support us. I, I have about a couple of minutes here, and I, I want I, I try to ex- I started explaining this yesterday. Let me first tell you why uh, I think we've earned your support and why I think you should continue to support uh, Politics Done Right and what we do here. Right now, the right wing, under the auspices of groups like the Heritage Foundation, Cato Institutes, and other think tanks, they put out a lot of papers that sound plausible, and a lot of bloggers then centralize on those papers to create blogs and videos and all of that to lie to you, to tell you that supply-side economics work, to tell you that the Laffer curve works and cutting taxes raise more money, etc. They, 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 they are, there are think tanks out there that prints the base document or documents that other bloggers, right-wing bloggers, go out there and they promote all this stuff out there. And, and these are not only in America, they're all over the world that the right wing has enough money to make sure that all of these bloggers and writers and authors are out there writing line messages. The left, progressives, we are not as flushed, not even near flush with the kind of capital to get into the space. We're Google, when somebody wants to learn about supply-side economics, to ensure that the, 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 the truth comes out, as opposed to a lot of right-wing messages a search engine finds, we have to have our people out there writing blogs, writing articles in newspapers, writing books that are, that are scanned by Google, etc., writing, you know, creating videos. We have to do all that work as well. But we don't get paid like the right wing has the corporate structure to pay to promote what they do. The rich has the money to promote what they do. So we only have one one group that we can depend on, and that's you. You allow a a, a, a media organization like, like Politics Done Right, Willis Media LLC. What can we do? This show is one show. We do. 10 shows a week, two on air, KPFT 90.1 FM, uh, rather five on air, KPFT 90.1 FM, and five on the internet uh, only, okay? The one on air is on the internet as well. We also write books. As I see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, 
Uh, it's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relative, friends, and neighbors, how to make America utopia. Uh, all these books have a purpose. It is to teach and show how econom economies work, how economies can be, how healthcare work, how healthcare can be, and how to put this message into people's minds so that they can make educated decisions based on what people are telling them. And we write articles in newspapers. I'm printed in the Kingwood Observer. I'm printed in sometimes in the New York Times. Uh, I've been printed as well at uh, many, many, many publications, as well as our own blogs like BertoWillis.com, Medium, Substack, etc. The idea is to put as much of the progressive message, the truth, out there. That's what we do. All of that is done entirely on a volunteer basis with the expectation that progressives and others, we have conservatives who contribute to our domain as well. Uh, but the idea is that we want, we are one of many entities that are out there putting this message out so that when people, pull up, when people do scans on, uh, on different items, when they scan for uh, for supply-side economics, when they scan for taxes, inflation, or whatever, some of our stuff comes out to counteract the lies of the right. But it's not easy. 16 hours a day is what I do right now. I'm going to be flying to Chicago uh, for where all the progressive bloggers or thousands of progressive bloggers will meet to discuss strategies, etc., including how can we best ask for funding from more people on the outside. So, by the way, I'd like you to help me support that trip. I, I put the link in the in the stream right now. And if you take a look, in fact, I'm gonna pull it up on the screen as well right now and put it on. You can support what we do every year at Netroots Nation to promote this. We're gonna have everybody who support will be on the video scrolls, etc. But bottom line is this, I gotta get out of here. I didn't realize it was 402. Bottom line is this, organizations like what we do to promote what we must promote completely depends on you. So I'm going to put three links in there. The Patreon link, you can support us on Patreon by going to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us on PayPal by going to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, let me put that there again, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, or you can support us uh, in many other ways that I have placed inside of politicsandright.com slash support. We talk about how can we make the change. The right invests a lot in the change. We're asking you to invest some in the change Please go to politicsdoneright.com slash support. Support what we're doing. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out.
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.